0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Mims the Word. My name is Chris Dyer and I'm joined this week by our content and social executive Lauren Dowden. Hey Lauren.
1: Hi.
0: So last week we went through client delivery and sales and this week we've got Lauren along because we are talking about content creation. So to kick us off, what is content and why is it important Lauren?
1: So when I think about content I think about you know the stuff that we put on Instagram the the really really long blogs and things but it can actually cover a whole range of different things it is described i've got a definition in front of me it's described as any form of media written or otherwise that's related to you or your business from your website to videos content spans a wide variety of areas so really it could be anything related to your business in whatever form you wish it to be media videos blogs all of the above um that you can use as promotion material really
0: amazing so Moving on to an area which you're much more familiar with Lauren uh blogs and white papers so do you want to talk about blogs?
1: Yeah so I flipping love a blog as you well know um they're probably my favorite, um, we have a love-hate relationship, they're probably my favorite form of content to write in that you can really research your client's specialty, you can delve into topics, um, you can really find out a lot about niches within their business and explore that through a blog. But with that said, sometimes they are harder to write because you could be trying to say a lot about a little and trying to drag it across across a full page of a blog but blogs can be incredibly beneficial for a range of reasons um They are a really great way to build credibility and trust among your clients. You know, showing off your expertise a little bit, making people aware that you actually know what you're talking about and that you know what's happening in your industry can also make you a source of news for people who are interested in that industry. They could be coming to your page to find out the latest and greatest about whatever it is that your business does. So it can also act as a great call to action and be able to drive traffic to your website um where you can convert them hopefully into a sale or even just an interested person um so when it comes to blogs i would say my top tips were keep it around 400 to 800 words with quotes facts and links to show that you definitely do know what you're talking about and even if you don't you can find those things very easily with a quick google search um, you know, compile a list of resources and go between different blogs and different sources, compare and contrast. And we also love photos, photos and headings. If you're not putting in heading one, two and three, you're absolutely missing out on an SEO trick because you do get marked down. So I say marked down like it's a test, it's not a test, but you can, you know, lower your SEO value by not including things like pictures alt tags and headings
0: oh thank you for that lauren lots of good points made there so another important subtopic would be announcements uh do you want to take us through that
1: so yeah many of us will have seen even just on like asos's instagram or motor rocks or one of those clothing brands will every now and then we'll see an announcement um often with big letters that say announcement it's very much a say what you see situation um but they don't always get that much attention to create a proper buzz around your announcement it needs an almost two-pronged approach um so you can't expect to just write one social media post bang out an instagram post and receive results It needs to be part of a bigger campaign with other pieces tying into the announcement or even just part of a small campaign just for the announcement with maybe a blog, a white paper, a press release, something a little bit chunkier to accompany it. So it's not just a standalone piece. You've got content on your website that's backing up this announcement because it shows that you place value on it as much as your customer does. If you've got one announcement that you've just put out on a one-time like one time only kind of basis and you haven't got anything on your website that supports, it shows that maybe it's not as big a deal as you're making out.
0: Yeah, certainly. I mean, you know, I think it's important for uh, a company to have their own niche in terms of an announcement, social post or something like that, you know, do something a bit different. Um just to stand out really so if we move on to challenges um, and challenging your prospects do you want to talk about what that means
1: definitely so a recent trend has seen small companies set up a five-day challenge which basically means that they provide their prospects a sneak peek into the products or services that they provide or that you provide so if you're running a skincare clinic, you might do a five-day skincare routine challenge, or if you run a human resource company, you might do five-day people planning challenge, something that relates to your industry that can be digested in small chunks and you know keeps your clients or your prospects coming back for more. And it's also a really good way to give value to prospective clients for free.
0: However, that's not really the case, is it, Lauren? <laughs>
1: No, not really, I guess. The reason why this approach is so nice is because it's almost a win-win. They feel like they're getting something for free. They're getting to know your business a bit more. They're getting engaged with your content and you're winning because you're getting something from them. You're getting them coming back to your page. And on top of that, many people will incorporate a link or a click-through link that um, will introduce your sign-up page. So, from that, you can obtain details to contact them with. So a typical one is a sign-up page for their email, or, you know, we've all seen the, like, sign up here to receive your 10% off. And from there you can use them um as a client or a prospect that you can contact again and again.
0: Absolutely, and who doesn't love free stuff, right? Moving on to articles. I'm sure you read through these all the time and, uh, you know, potentially written quite a few of them, Lauren. Um. Do you want to talk more about the relationship between a company and uh, the articles that they may post and the third party that creates them?
1: Yeah definitely so I love an article I really really love reading magazines I love a little fashion column article I love a pop culture moment but Articles can be used for so much more than just entertainment. They can also be used to strengthen relationships. This is another win-win situation because we love a win-win situation in marketing. But there's two types of articles that I kind of want to talk about. So the first one is a first-party article. So that's something you've written for yourself for your own website or you've got your marketing team to write for your website. Um, And the second kind is third-party So that's when you're republishing someone else's content with your own comment on it. It might be maybe just a LinkedIn post where you're saying, this is a great article, check it out. And then you redirect to their site. It could be that you write an opinion piece based on that person's article. But if you're doing it in relation to someone that you'd like to partner with in the future, it can be a really great way to get your foot in the door or to strengthen that relationship before you propose anything to them. Because you're essentially giving them free collateral that they can use on their website or use for their customers and you're helping strengthen their credibility because you're saying, look, other people in the industry are talking about this.
0: Yeah, and just to add to that, Lauren, um, they're usually not very long in nature uh, and they're written from the point of view of you personally. Yeah. So if we move on to testimonials uh, and proof-based selling, do you mind talking us through that, Lauren?
1: Yep, absolutely. So a lot of the things that we've talked about doing so far are all about credibility and proof-based selling is probably the top form of credibility gaining that you could get as a company because we all love to read reviews, especially when purchasing online um, or using a service that might be a little bit pricier. We want to know that we're going to get good value for our money. We want to read what other people are saying, see if they've had a good experience, a bad experience. And people really like to leave bad reviews. So if you're reading through a company's page and you're seeing lots of bad reviews, it's suggesting to you immediately that that's maybe something you should avoid. So a a saying that a lot of British people like to use is the proof is in the pudding. And I think we like to live by that, especially when we're making purchases online or using a service that maybe we haven't used before. A lot of the times if I'm using a service, like I'm going to the hairdressers or doing something that's a little bit more expensive, I'll go with someone that I know has worked with somebody that I know. So I'll go to a hairdresser I know one of my friends has used, or I'll buy a product that maybe my mum's recommended. So If we don't know anyone that's used that product firsthand or that service firsthand, we immediately run to the review section. And this is where it's really important for companies to focus on their proof based selling and really can come into their own. You can use Google reviews, Facebook reviews or industry specific sites like TripAdvisor And you really want to focus on getting your clients to leave those positive reviews. We all love to leave a bad review. If we've had a really horrific experience, we run home. We're like, oh, do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write out a really aggressive little review. But not many people are in a hurry to leave a positive review. So reminding your clients to give you feedback, especially if it's positive, is so important. Because you can then use that as collateral for bigger pieces, such as your social media. You can plaster it all over that, your website, white papers, articles, blogs. You could make it into a case study, and you can really leverage this at every opportunity because it will help you build your credibility and trust, which we've banged on about this whole podcast.
0: <laughs> Certainly, and I, and I know that in uh, on sites like TrustPilot, for example, um, it's great because you get accolades that you can publish on your trust pilot page uh, to show that you know you ask people actively for both positive and negative reviews you know it's a really good way to really back up that credibility and 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 get people to trust that you are actively trying to make your business better and uh, you know that's i think that's really valuable
1: Absolutely. I think especially if you have a client who's a very recognisable brand, getting their feedback is so important because you can then plaster their logo on your site, you can have it on your social media. And that's an instant thing that people will recognise in order to say, if they're trusted by this big company, then I can trust them too. So just on that as well, it can be so, so good for your brand's credibility if you can promote the fact that other bigger businesses or you have a well-known client maybe that uses your service because it makes other people feel that if it's good enough for them, it's gonna be good enough for me too. And that's why it's so important to maintain these strong relationships with your partners because they can really boost your trustworthiness, I guess. Um in terms of your prospective clients so keeping in touch with them touching base on a regular basis we have like 30 minute uh, meetings with our clients at MIM um, and it it could look different regardless like depending on which industry you're in it might be that a 30 minute meeting isn't realistic for you or isn't the best way to do that in your industry it could be just using the same supplier on a consistent basis. It could be working closely with your distributors, but just having that close communication with them is so important. You know, maybe even co-writing a white paper or a blog, recording a video together, publishing them on social media, just getting them really involved in your business.
0: Yeah, certainly some really good points there, Lauren. I think, yeah, the collaboration is just as important as the communication. Great. So I think that's probably a good place to leave it for this week, uh, Lauren. Um, Next week, we're going to be looking into events. Uh, As always, if you do have any questions for us, please do get in touch via socials or email. Lauren, thank you very much for joining me and we'll see you next time.
1: See you next time.
0: Thank you. Take care.